Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. So last time I had an opportunity to share, we looked at the believer and the, have, the believer having the Spirit of God in them the moment we got born again. The old sinful nature dies and we are made spiritually, spiritually alive. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside. We talked about how it is, how important it is to live in relationship with God. Eh? Um, every day, how to have a relationship with Him every day. Our ministry to other people must start from that position. It must start from a place of we receiving from Him first and then going out and sharing the gospel with others. Then we can minister to others because then we have something to share. We looked at how Jesus was limited by His human body in the sense that He was one man. He was one man with the life and the power of God on the inside of Him. And thousands, we read that story where thousands of people were coming from all over Judea, all over Israel, to, to get to Jesus because they wanted to be healed. They wanted to be delivered from demons and all of these things. And we just imagined ourselves in that situation, in that vast crowd of thousands and thousands of people. Imagine such a, such a vast crowd having this urgent desire to get to one man. Because that one man had life and power in him. Yeah? Imagine, imagine that. Thousands of people getting trying to get to one man. Mm. It's, it's hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I just remember what you ministered also oh. in Luther 5, verse 15 to 16, where Jesus, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Yes. And he spent time with the Father. Yeah. That, was, that was part of that message that you put. Yeah. And how he actually learned his disciples to spend time with him. Yeah. And, then, and then what also what stood out for me is what you said is, we cannot minister effectively if we don't spend time with him. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So me, really. I mean, even, even Jesus had to spend time with his Father. It was in times of, of, of prayer with the Father that Jesus heard what he had to preach, who he had to heal, you know, what he had to say. So if Jesus had to spend time with God, Amen. then surely we do as well. Amen. And it's not a burdensome thing as well, no? It's not, it shouldn't be burdensome, it shouldn't be a task, it shouldn't be an effort for us. We should go to Him for relationship. Amen. From, from the knowing that He just wants to be with us. He just wants to spend time with you. Yeah. Alright? Um, and then the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost. Jesus promised it. He said that He will give the Holy Spirit and they were to gather in Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit was given. Um, and God's Spirit came to dwell in anyone who believes. No? Anyone who believes. That's the only qualification that you needed. You just need to believe in Jesus for salvation. Amen. And the church was called, can you remember what the church was called? Little Christs. They were called Little Christs. Because their lives so reflected the life of Jesus. They, the other people, the unbelievers looking at the church were saying, these are little Christs. Think about that. Because their lives imitated, their lives was a mirror image of what Jesus was doing. They were healing people. They were setting people free. 
Okay, so that is why they were called little Christs. They were bold and fearless. They were compassionate. They were caring for others. And their lives were marked by authority and power. And so our lives should also be. So today we will be looking along the same lines. And we are going to get a little practical in this morning as well. But don't stress. Don't stress. It's going to be good. Okay. So I think one obstacle that makes many people shy away from functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the idea that we need something extra. We need some extra experience. Um, or we think that what we have is not enough. No? Uh, the truth is that when you were born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. And that's a fact that we need to just accept. John, John 14 verse 17 John 14 verse 17 says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know, the world is very carnal. They focus only on what they can see, touch, hear, feel. They can't receive Him because that's what they focus on. They don't believe in the spiritual. They don't believe in in God. You know Him, for He dwells with you, and He will be in you. You will be in you, the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus speaking. And then 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6 19. Yo, this verse really, really blessed me this week. It's a verse that we all know very well. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that's a verse that we all know. We all know and love this verse. And we say, okay, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And then we move on. But this week, it really really blessed me when I looked at the word temple in this verse. The word temple. Now, if we think about the Old Testament, um, when Israel was traveling through the desert, the 40 years, and even after the time of the tabernacle when David or Solomon, no? Solomon built the first brick temple for God. Um, <clears throat> they would, uh, the, the temple would consist out of the outer court. There was a big outer court, like there was no roof above it. And there you would find the altar and the, the a big wash basin where they washed themselves, where the priests washed themselves. And then you would get to the temple itself. And the temple was divided into two compartments. The holy place, where the priests would go in, the normal priests and the high priests as well. They would go in and they would minister there unto God. And then you had the most holy place, the Allerheiligste in Afrikaans. The most holy place, the holy of holies it is called. Now this word temple in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 19, guess to what, what, what compartment that, that word points to. Who can, who can guess? Yeah. It points to the Holy of Holies. The most holy place. It was so interesting for me to see this in the week. That this word temple doesn't just refer to any generic temple. It points to that specific place. To the Holy of Holies. To the most holy place. That was awesome for me. To see in the scriptures. That it's, it's pointing to that specific place. The Greek word. It points to that. 
um, the most holy place. And I'm making a big fuss of this, but you'll understand now. Um, so what is the script? What does it mean? Do not think that you are not worthy of operating in, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. No? That you are not holy enough. That you first need to confess this or stop that. No? God has made you the most holy place. Hallelujah. Think about that, guys. Thank you. Think about it. He says, do you not know that your body is a temple in and then we can exchange that with the most holy place. Your body is the most holy place of the Holy Spirit. The most holy place of God. That is who you are. We need to believe this, guys. This is so good. This is good. I don't know if it's good for you, but I... I was, I was laughing when I saw this. Like, it's awesome. You were made the most holy place. God has made you that by paying you, paying for you with His blood on the cross. That is the price that He paid because He wanted to be one with you. Amen. One with you. You have no right to see yourself as unpure. You have no right to see yourself as unworthy. You have no right to see yourself as unholy. Why? Because God has made you the, the most holy place. Say this, God has made me the most holy place. Like Philip said this morning, he has made us saints. You know what a saint is? A saint is a holy one. <laughs> a holy one. These revelations changed my life. I was living with that mindset of I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. But my mind was still thinking, sinner, sinner, you're a sinner, you're a sinner. I had to change my thinking. And Romans 8 always, always blessed me as well. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. <laughs> that blew my mind. That really changed the way I saw myself. And this as well. To know that I am a saint. That I am a holy one. And this now as well. That I have been made the most holy place of God. Sure. And that's each and every one of you that believe in Jesus. Amen? That is so good. Many times I have shied away from praying for people, from reaching out, because my mind instantly focused on myself. You know, it's not that you think about something specific about yourself, but you, you doubt. You doubt immediately. You see someone walking in the street, they may be limping, or they have a crutch, or whatever you see. And you feel the Holy Spirit saying, go to that one. And then you like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, have you ever had that feeling? Yeah. No? It's because somewhere we believe that we are lacking something. That we do not have enough. Alright. But God says that we do. The Word says that we do. We do not lack anything. It is not about how we feel. It is not about whether you feel the love. No? Love is an emotion. And it can also be agape love, which is true love, which is a choice, I believe. Whether you feel the love emotion, whether you, whether you feel confident in yourself, it doesn't matter. What matters is what the Word of God says about us. Amen? Amen. That's what it says. 
You are a walking, talking, most holy place. Say, I am a walking, talking, most holy place. Amen. People can encounter and enjoy the very presence of God when you walk into the room. Amen. Because He lives in you. You have 24-7. In the Old Testament, only the high priest could go into the most holy place where the very presence of God was. Once a year. Once a year. No? And he was so afraid that they tied a rope around his ankle and he had bells on his, on his clothes that would clungle. No? Um, because they were so fearful of God punishing them or them dying in the presence of God because of His holiness. No? They would only go in once. And it was to sprinkle some blood on the, on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And then they had to get out. That's the only, that's the only presence they could enjoy of God. But we, we today, have 24-7 direct access to God. To the God of the universe. Think about this as well. There was nothing. There was nothing. There was one eternal being. God. And He said, let there be light. And when He said, let there be light, the universe came out of His mouth. All of this, everything we see, everything we touch, hear, feel, everything we can enjoy, the stars at night, all of that came from Him. And that God, <laughs> that God is in you and me, if you are a believer. That's awesome. That's awesome. That should really change the way we see ourselves. Amen? His presence rests in you. You have all the anointing that you will ever need to do anything for God. All the anointing you will ever need. You don't have to first go to church. You don't have to first read your Bible. You don't have to first uh, fast a bit to get some extra anointing. You know, you don't have to get the pastor or the prophet to to pray and lay his hands on you for extra anointing. You have the anointing inside of you. You have it inside of you, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Living God. Say it: the Spirit of the Living God lives in me. But we need to believe this. This, this needs to become our reality. This needs to become what we think about day and night. I'm slapping this uh, table. The recording isn't going to be very good. <laughs> Uh, it's it's yeah. difficult to enjoy yourself, yeah. but it's good. What I also like is how it says, "You are not your own." In uh, in uh, Hebrews, not Hebrews, sorry. In one Corinthians six nineteen, it says in verse yeah nineteen, um, the last part of verse nineteen. Um, let's read it again. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. For you, you, say me, me. me. I, I, I was bought with a price. What was the price? Jesus' blood. Think about that, man. Pure, holy, perfect. Yeah. 
if you connect to 17, mm -hmm. 6.17, to what you read now, it says here, but he that joined unto the Lord is one spirit. It's like a marriage. Mm -hmm. yeah. You join to the Lord, you're married. And then here, he says, you are not of your own. Yeah. Yeah. So you belong to God. You belong yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. He is our husband. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Even the guys. I'm willing to be a husband or a wife to God. <laughs> That sounds it's a, a bit spiritual funny. thing. You know, it's a spiritual it's thing, yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, the whole chapter here talks about spirit, uh, flesh and spirit. That the flesh is not going to be there in heaven. You're not going to be living the flesh there. It is our flesh. We are one with God. God paid with His blood, not with silver and gold. What's that verse that says? Not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. He paid for you. There's a verse in Exodus as well that says that the life of the creature is in the blood. Meaning that when Jesus gave his blood as a price for you, it's actually saying Jesus gave his life for you. He gave his life for you. These things should really be changing the way we see ourselves, guys. Um, God has taken ownership of you. You belong to him. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Does God lie? No. He doesn't lie. So that we know that that is the truth. Amen. Second Peter 1 verse 3. Let's go to Second Peter 1 verse 3. Second Peter 1 verse 3 in the New Living Translation. By this, His divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the One who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share or partake in His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires or by lust. Okay, so firstly, does He describe something that still needs to happen? Is it, is it, does it still need to happen? This is what we read now? It already happened, eh? We can read the, ver the, the words here. It says, by His divine power, God has. Eh? God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him. The one who called, called it in past tense, eh? called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That verse you look for, it's first, you know about not silver and gold. Yeah. It's first Peter 1, 18 and 19. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. Can you read it for us? Yeah. 1 Peter. Well, 1 verse 18. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. It says, First Peter 1, 18 and 19. 
For you know that it was, this is now the new international, what translation do you New living translation. <laughs> new living. For, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the in, empty life you inherited from your ancestor. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. Mm. <laughs> it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of sure. God. Yeah, that's awesome. He lived a sinless, perfect life so that He could pay for our sin. Amen. That's awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so has, have and called are all in past tense. It is something that is already completed. We don't have to wait for it. We don't have to feel it. The Word says it is already ours if we come to know Him. That's talking about believing in Him for salvation and eternal life. No? Um, John 17 verse 3 says, This is eternal life, that we know God. No? This is eternal life, that we know God. <coughs> okay. Secondly, He has given us everything. What does everything mean? Everything. Everything. Everything means everything. Eh? <laughs> it means that nothing has been held back. This is also so good to me. God has held nothing back from you. Everything has been given. We are not lacking in anything. And that is the truth. It is reality because the Word of God says so. Regardless of what you have experienced in the past, or what your feeling says, or what your doubt says, or what the devil tries to convince you of, this is the truth, that God has never withheld anything from you. He has withheld no good thing. I mean, if He would sacrifice His own Son, His own blood, if He would offer His own life for you, why would He withhold any good thing from us. Yes. Why? Why? He has given it all. That's so awesome. Yeah. And it's it's worth less because he has already given anything, everything. Okay. So what is the result? To live a godly life. No? We we read it. Um Okay, well, it's a different verse. But it is to live a godly life. The King James Version says, for life and for godliness. I see I didn't include that verse here. I was wondering what a godly life looks like. Um, I knew it has something to do with holiness. There's a verse that says, for God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So I wondered, what is godliness? And I knew it had something to do with holiness. No? Living a pure life, staying away from sin, um, is a part of it. And it's an important part uh, of, of, of godliness, but um, that's not all. Okay, let's look at Acts uh, 3 verse 5. Acts 3 verse 5. Handelinge 3 verse 5. It's the story of Peter and John going to the temple and they come across a lame man. Okay. The lame man, 
um, at uh, Acts 3 verse 5. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Verse 7. Then Peter took the lame man by the hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, uh, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. In verse 12, we skip to verse 12. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? So, the same word um, he has given us, Everything we need for power and godliness. That same word for godliness is used in this verse. Okay, where Peter says to the people, Do you think that it is by our own godliness, our own power and godliness, that we have healed this man? Yeah. So a godly life is a life of power, not just holiness. No? I like what Peter said to the man. He did not, give, he did not have anything physical to give, but Peter knew he had the power and the life of God inside of him. And this is what we need to convince ourselves of as well. Mm -hmm. We need to know that we have the power and the life of God inside of us. Despite not being able to touch and feel it, Peter knew he had it because Jesus said so. No? Mm -hmm. The life of Jesus was marked by holiness, wisdom and power. I've been reading through the Gospels lately and it, it's just awesome to see all of Jesus' love, all of His power, all of His compassion, His boldness towards the Pharisees. No? He, he, wasn't, he wasn't timid towards His enemies. He spoke up against them. He spoke up against injustice. Jesus wasn't uh, a coward. No? Amen. Amen. Full of the Spirit. He was yeah. full of the Spirit. Amen. As we have read now in Acts, so was the lives of the apostles as well. We need to start looking past ourselves. We have His great Spirit in us. And we have everything we need. He has withheld nothing. Many times we feel bad because we can't give someone money to help them. Or give them anything else to help them in a physical way. Very few people have cash on them. We all work with cards these days. I don't know if you guys still work with cash. But anyway. <laughs> that's what I found that usually I want to give but I don't have to give because I have a card yeah. we work with bank cards now <coughs> um, but we need to realize that what we have is much greater than money it is much greater than silver or gold what we have can help someone truly to a much greater degree than just giving them something to eat than just giving them a 10 rand giving them a 20 rand we, what we have to give them isn't second prize. Yeah. No? Mm -hmm. It's first prize. Alright. That lame man's life was changed by Peter believing the word of God. Praying for someone and sharing the gospel is first prize. Helping them materially comes second. Yeah. Because it is good to, to bless others and to help others. No? But praying for them, sharing the gospel with them, sharing God's love with them is first prize. Never think that what you have is, is not enough for someone. Okay, The world out there needs Jesus, people. 
Second Peter one verse four. Second Peter one verse four says, "And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you. Listen to this. These are the promises that enable you to share or partake in His divine nature." We can share in the divine nature of God and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire or lust. So what do you think is this precious promises that he talks about here? What do you guys think is the precious promises that he talks about here? Yeah, healing, deliverance, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, no? Yeah. That is the thing. That is a great and precious promises that He has promised us. It's the Holy Spirit. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything you need. You have everything you need, and it is by the Holy Spirit that we share in His divine nature. All right. If we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we would just be human. We would just be human, but surprise, you are more than human. This is sounding cuckoo's a bit crazy, no? But you are not just human. You are a new creation. That is just what the word says. Yes. We have been made new creatures in Christ because we are we have the living God on the inside of us. We have been made new creations. That's awesome. Okay. It's the Holy Spirit. He has been sent. The promise has been fulfilled. His Spirit is all that we need. Um, I'm going to read for you from Rooted. There's a piece in Rooted that really blessed me as well in preparing this message. Um, it's in the lesson about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If all of this is true about believers, why don't we see the same results? No? Why don't we see these results of all this wonderful healings, all this, all this driving out demons, all this living in, in victory, no? being overcomers? Why, why don't we see this more? Why are our lives not reflecting the ministry of Jesus and the apostles to such a degree? The answer is simple. There is a difference between having the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit having you. The difference is surrender. Most Spirit-empowered believers do not yield to the Spirit and allow His power to work in their lives. This is also probably the result of not knowing and understanding what power they have. We need to come to know and understand the power that we have. And we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to let Him guide our lives. We need to seek His wisdom in the Word. Amen? Amen. Understanding brings fruitfulness. Say that. Understanding, Understanding brings fruitfulness. fruitfulness. No? Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6 says that the communication or the sharing of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Philemon 1 verse 6. Listen to the verse. That the communication or the sharing of thy faith 
may become effectual by the acknowledging no, of every good thing. Every good thing that is in you, not which shall be in you or may be in you, which is in you in Christ Jesus. To acknowledge means that you come to see what is already there. It is not to, to get anything. It's, it's to see that it is already there. To discover what is already true. It's simply to agree. To say, yes, this is true about me. Alright. When we begin to acknowledge the good things that are already in us, in Christ Jesus, and start believing them, we will begin to see faith at work in our lives and the power of the Spirit unleashed in us and through us. Okay? That was maybe a bit fast. When we begin to acknowledge, we agree with the Word, no? when we see what is already there, when we begin to acknowledge the good things that are already in us in Christ Jesus and believe them, we will begin to see faith at work in our lives and the power of the Spirit unleashed in us and through us. We don't need more Holy Spirit. We don't need more power. We don't need more holiness. We don't need more anointing. We already have everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. All we need to do is start discovering and believing what we already have inside of us. When we see all the good things that we have in Christ, through relationship with Him, because that is how it happens, through relationship with His Word, Lees your Bible, but elke dag. No? We heard that at the funeral last, last yesterday. Lees your Bible, but elke dag. Unfortunately, that is, that is our part that we have to do. Yeah. We have to discipline ourselves. Yeah. Discipline is not legalism. Discipline ourselves to, to make time with God. Just like we, if I want to have a relationship with Philip, we're going to have to take time together. No? We have to spend time together. If you have a, a girl that you like, you have to spend time with her. No? Same with God. You have to discipline yourself and make time with Him. It's not a legalistic thing. And what's awesome is that when you just do that, and you get a taste of Him, and you see how good He is, yeah. you will never be the same. No? You will never walk away the same then you'll eventually want to. You want to. It changes your want to. Your desire. Uh, where was I? Mm. Ah. Effectual. It says there that your faith may become effectual. Sounds like a high English word, but it's not too complicating. Effectual means that it starts to have an effect. Effectual effect. No? Yeah. Your faith begins having an effect. Faith is activated. It is also translated as powerful. In Hebrews 4 verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful or effectual. It can be translated either powerful or effectual and sharper than any two-edged sword. Alright. The, the power follows the gospel. There is another simple reason why our lives do not reflect the lives of the early believers and the early apostles uh, to such a, de such a great de degree. We have seen awesome things in Grace life, but I believe there is so much more. Amen. 
The answer is simple. We don't share the gospel enough. We don't share the gospel enough. Why do I say that? We don't step out and do it. The Acts of the Apostles was named that way because the Apostles acted. (coughs) If the Apostles didn't go out and act, then there was no one that can write the Apostles, the Acts of the Apostles. This is what they did. No? Um, Our fear of failing is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You are afraid that nothing happens, so you don't step out, and then guess what happens? Nothing. (laughs) No? Nothing happens. Exactly what you were afraid of. Mark 16 verse 20 says, And they went forth. Mark 16 verse 20. It's talking about the disciples after Jesus gave them the authority to drive out demons and to heal the sick. It says, and they went forth. Say that. And they went forth. They went forth. Not God went forth. They went forth. And preached everywhere. The Lord working with them. And confirming the word. With signs following. The Lord working with them. And confirming the word. With signs following. They went forth. But God confirmed the word. Amen. Amen. They had to go forth. They had to preach the gospel. And the gospel that they preached was confirmed. Confirmed means proven to be true. Proven to be true by God. Doing signs and miracles through them. God is faithful. And He will prove true His gospel. So the purer we bring across the gospel the more you'll see miracles, the more you'll see wonders, the more you'll see healing. Not that that is the reason why we share the gospel. I'm just saying that this is one of the reasons why we don't see it, is because we don't preach the gospel enough. Amen? Okay, so now we're going to do the little practical. That is the end of what I wanted to share. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.